are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hello, everyone. My name is Dominique Mass, and today I want to share a story about changing careers and changing life at 40. When I went to work one day in October 2017, I realized that something was off. I just didn't feel connected to myself and and I thought about why that was and I realized that I was no longer working towards something that was important to me. I wasn't alone but I felt lonely and it took me a while to realize that that off feeling or that feeling of discomfort uh, was really due to a disconnect between what I did and where I was and my values. And maybe if you felt that disconnect, you know exactly what I mean. But I was rushing from one place to the next at work and one person to the next and one screen to the next. And I was taking very little time for introspection. And I clearly remember that one day I heard a comment about a part of my work and I stopped. I was burnt out and now I was completely overwhelmed by the realization that I knew and had known for a while that it was time to leave this job. And it all clicked on that one day. For a few months now, I'd been saying that I had not been growing or learning and I felt as though I was stagnant. I wasn't stimulated by my environment, by my bosses, by the leadership team. And so there was no challenge for me and I just felt miserable. And considering that my values are growth, challenge, inner peace and positivity, it was completely misaligned. 
And so the decision was made just like that in a second that I would move on. Of course, as a school administrator, it wouldn't have been fair for me to just leave. And also, it wouldn't have been possible because financially, I couldn't have done that. So I let my bosses know that I would finish the school year and I would leave. And that would give me about six to eight months for me to plan my next steps. And I started telling people about my plan. And here are some of the comments I got. But how will you afford to live in New York City? Whoa, that's brave. Oh, I wish I could do this with a sigh. How cool. I really hope this works out for you. Oh my God, you're just completely crazy. What the hell are you doing? And those are just a few of the comments I got. Because I was announcing to people that I would be leaving a comfortable six-figure salary job in education with 13 weeks of vacation per year to take the time to explore and decide what the next step was for me. And I just kept going. I started to save money. I moved from my lovely Brooklyn Heights apartment to a room in my friend's home. I cut down on travel, on eating out while I was still living a great life. I saved every little bit of money that I could. And my boyfriend was ever so supportive. He kept encouraging me, telling me to just go for it. And when my last day of work arrived and the horizon was fully clear, I stood with all those people I'd worked with for the past four years since arriving in New York City. And I remember the tears just rolling down my cheeks because it's always so hard to leave a place or a job or a relationship. And there's always that feeling of mourning because you know what you leave behind, but you have no idea what you're looking towards. So here I was about to turn 40, no regular income, leaving a career I'd started building when I was 23 and a very vague idea of where I wanted to go. And I was terrified. But you know what? I was also excited. I was motivated and I was ready to take on the world. And so today I want to share with you not just the struggles and the difficulties that I encountered, but also why it was key for me to let myself have the time to explore, to try and to choose different paths and educate myself. Because when I left my job, my idea was very vague, right? I knew that I would become a certified yoga teacher and I wanted to use yoga as a tool in leadership workshops. So I talked to friends and of course everyone thought it was a wonderful idea. This is called confirmation bias, by the way, look it up. Um, but it's basically me looking for the answers I wanted to hear. And so I had everything, I, I put everything I had into developing those workshops and I successfully piloted them and I started to market them and I talked to people around me, reached out to everyone I knew and I was convinced that I had the winning formula. I started my executive coach training with the Neuroleadership Institute. Everything was going awesome, except that I was really starting to discover that actually teaching yoga asanas or poses and including them in the workshop was actually not something I loved. And can I just say, ouch, <laughs> like, that was such a slap in the face because I'd invested so much, not only money, but also time in my yoga certification. I'd spent, you know, the, the whole summer practice teaching. And so I had to love it, right? But I didn't. And so one day I remembered saying to my friend Christina, 
that actually while yoga was an intrinsic part of me, I didn't in fact love teaching it. And while articulating that was a liberating thing to say, there is such a thing as sunk cost fallacy and I was torn. I'd spent so much time marketing and talking about those workshops and I just felt like I had to keep going. But the reality of it is this, I did not have to do anything and it took me a while to understand it. So as I talked to others and I reflected and I was coached around this, I started to change my mindset. And I started to not only recognize, but also really accept that it was okay for me to move on and let go of this idea, even though I had spent that much time working on it. And so I started focusing on the things that made me happy. And coaching and leading small group workshops was really something that just I thrived on. I, I remember designing those workshops and feeling so good about myself. And the moment that I realized this and when I let myself go and just really be with what I loved is when Lead With a Twist, my company started to truly blossom. And so I kept some aspects of yoga that resonated more with me, things like yoga nidra, the breathing, meditation. And at the same time, I started new ideas. I started exploring, working with a coach, talking to everyone and anyone to learn and grow. And having worked in education my whole life, of course, I had been sheltered and I knew nothing about running a business or, um, in fact, I knew nothing about the real world outside of a school. But I started to open up to all opportunities that would come my way. I went to networking events. I took webinars. I read everything. I joined an incredible, incredible network of women called Dreamers and Doers who supported me, who rooted for me, who shared and helped me along the way and all of this stimulation just gave me wings and I was suddenly really exploring. I was learning, I was educating myself and this is where the magic happened and this is when everything fell into place and I felt that I was truly free and authentic to myself. And today, I, I, all I can say is that I'm in a wonderful place. Um, I have just enough structure and just enough freedom to explore. Some of my fear, fears have disappeared and others have replaced them. But this is where the magic happens, right? When I've, I've pushed myself and I continue to push myself and I realize that every single day when I try something new, when I create a new workshop and try it with a new company that I haven't worked with before or a new person that's where my growth happens and so what I can say is that during this whole year I worked tirelessly I tried I failed I tried I failed again I organized workshops that no one came to I rented spaces for nothing I spent money I spent energy planning for nothing and I got great positive feedback and concrete constructive feedback, I reflected on it all, I reflected on my failures, and I'm going to put that in quotation marks because I like to think that nothing is a failure, right? It's just an idea that didn't work. But as I said, I took every opportunity I had to educate myself. Um, and I learned so much, and I learned to ask for help 
reluctantly, I have to say, I'm still working on that one. I learned to put myself out there. I learned to own that I'm a coach, that I am a workshop leader, designer, facilitator. I learned to trust that I am an individual and that I shouldn't try to do what others do. I learned to say no, set boundaries. I learned that it's okay um, to say that I couldn't afford to go out to dinner because I had no salary coming in. And I could list so many more things about what I learned. But I just hope that this is helping you to realize that, you know, nothing comes easy. We do have to work at things, but it's okay. That's when, that's when we change and that's when we grow. And so, so many of my fears were based on what others might think, right? I might disappoint others, um, but my own fulfillment comes from knowing that I'm being authentic to myself. And so I want to go back to those values I mentioned at the beginning of this story. And I use them every single day to help guide all of my decisions. And through them, I know that I'm actually fulfilling my purpose of helping others, of supporting others own their own story. And uh, there's so much satisfaction in that. So I want to leave you with this quote by Dr. Seuss, because I think it's just the most wonderful words that anyone could have ever written. You have brains in your head and feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. So I hope that you'll contact me. I'd love to hear your story in return. Um, and I hope that this was helpful for you if you're thinking about changing your career, changing your life. And even if you're 40, 50, 60, it doesn't matter. You can do this. What I have learned from sharing my story is that it's so important to reflect and realize our common humanity. As I prepared this, I could think of so many others whose stories have inspired me. And with the hindsight, I can see the similarities with my own story. And so I think two things come to mind. The first one is celebrating small achievements, right? Small accomplishments. Because as I went along, it was really hard for me to realize just how much I was actually doing. And so lots of people have said that to me before. Oh, but look back, look back. And really it's when you do look back that you realize. And so the second thing that comes to mind is this idea that our stories are so similar to each other's, right? The feelings, the sensations, and yet we think that they're only happening to us. And so I'm happy to realize that many of my own heroes went through the same things that I went through. And so I hope that it can be inspiring for others as well. My biggest dream, I think at the moment, is uh, creating a, a big retreat space, maybe in Costa Rica or somewhere nice and warm for sure, near a surf beach so that people can come to a beautiful spot, be coached, reflect, take care of themselves, and at the same time, learn something new, go into the ocean, be uh, in the water and learn to surf. So, 
Stay tuned, it's gonna happen. Congratulations, you're having a baby. Usually these words are supposed to incite joy, happiness, and accomplishment. But when you're 18 and we're only expecting to be told that your exhaustion is caused by your anemic state, not pregnancy, then the reaction is completely opposite. I felt myself go pale, literally. My lips turned white, my heart was in my ears. Would you like to learn? About the options you have, said the voice on the phone when she heard nothing from my end. No, thank you. Goodbye, was what she got. To say the next few months, years even, of my life were a total whirlwind is an understatement. I moved in with my boyfriend because our religious families thought it was the right thing to do. We attempted a life together. We got an apartment. We went to technical schools to get certified and maybe make a little bit more money. I set up our baby's nursery, I went to birthing classes, I read parenting books. We just went through the motions. It was total survival mode. Many nights during my several trips to the bathroom to pee, I would find myself curled up on the floor in tears. I would go from feeling the tiniest ounce of happiness to complete and utter sorrow. My thoughts were clouded with the sense of failure that came from being a teenage mom. I felt alone. No one knew what I was truly feeling on the inside. I felt ashamed, embarrassed, and just a complete disaster. I would try my hardest to see the goodness in what was happening to me, but I would end up falling into a hole of depression. How did my plans for my future fail? Why did I get myself into this? All of these questions had the same answer, and it was always because of me. It was my fault. And my perspective on that just made things worse. Aside from the tremendous physical and hormonal changes I was going through, my relationship with my boyfriend took a dive for the worst. The stress and anxiety I felt, he felt it too. But we all cope differently, and that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. We all look for comfort in different places. We hide from things that we need to face. And sometimes we don't even realize when we're doing it. So I felt more alone. I'd go days without socializing, seeing my body morph into a size I had never seen myself in, just waiting for the next thing to be over with. Labor. When my daughter entered this world, I could barely hold her. I don't remember much other than just crying, bawling for hours. Couldn't really get it together, don't know why, but I missed out on feeling the joy of bringing in my baby to the world. Luckily, when I woke up the next morning, my vision shifted a little. I was able to see the beauty in what I went through. This precious baby girl that was in my arms was mine. In all her tininess, she fit perfectly in my arms. And I was surprised to feel how much space she took up in my heart. She was light in my life, a part of me, literally birthed and brought into this world from my womb. She loved me and she needed me despite my past, despite my age. I was her mother and she was my daughter. It put everything I was struggling to see into perspective. But 
don't get me wrong, postpartum depression was no joke in my life. I wouldn't even be able to tell you how long it lasted me, but I remember just crying every single second that I was not with my daughter. And it wasn't because I wasn't with her. I would just cry for, I don't know. (laughs) I guess that's just how those types of things happen. I was fine when my daughter was awake. I was able to feed her, change her, play with her, you know, do all the things that a mother does with their baby when she's happy with them. But as soon as she would go to sleep, I would feel just completely alone. Unless my mom was there, I would just break down, literally, like just break down. Nothing mattered, the world would go black and I would just cry and cry. I vividly remember one time my mom was at my apartment and she had to leave because she had to go to work. I remember begging her to stay. And it was just a very unexplainable moment in terms of not exactly understanding what was going through my head, just knowing what was coming out of my body, you know, just sobs. And it really took a toll on me. So I went to the doctor, but you don't really get a lot of help there other than just a written prescription to some antidepressant drug. I didn't take it because I realized I need to be able to get it together. I need to be able to do what I need to do for my daughter. I realized that the environment that I was having her in, in my apartment with my boyfriend, wasn't ideal. And I guess that's what motivated me to try harder. I ended up leaving. I ended up packing our things and deciding to take on motherhood as a single parent. Never with the intention of removing her from her father, but with the intention of providing her the best quality of parenthood that both he and I can give her. But it wasn't an easy journey. I probably moved 15 times in the span of her first three years of life. It was hard for me to find stability. Even though I was being a mother and I was taking care of her, my mind was still not right. I still battled with depression. I I battled with a lot of mental setbacks and emotional issues, which made it so much harder for me to find stability and to be able to thrive. It took a lot of falls, a lot of knockdowns, a lot of having to start all over again from zero <laughs> to make me the person that I am today. I feel like I have 
such a huge purpose now in my life. And it's not just to be the best mother and provide the best life and example to my daughter, but to support and encourage and motivate others that go through situations like I did. Teenage pregnancy isn't easy. People judge you. People mistreat you. There's a lot of things that teenage moms have to deal with when it comes to the public. Just walking into a grocery store and having everyone looking at you, you feel heavily, heavily judged so much of the time. Also getting out of a toxic relationship. I'm so glad that I have been brought up in a faith that allows me to believe in myself and to believe in a higher power. If it weren't for that, I don't think I would have been able to realize that I can do better. I don't think I would have been able to realize that I could step out of a toxic relationship and be okay. I'm so grateful for everything that I've gone through. And even though it was so rough on me and on my family and hell, even on my daughter, I feel like it's all for a purpose. And I honestly believe that that purpose is to help and encourage other teenage mothers that are going through this, that they can survive, they can thrive, they can be happy, and they can do it. So if you're a teen mom, hear this. You got this. It won't be easy. You'll make bad decisions, but stay strong. Accept your failures as lessons and work towards your goals. Listen to the people who love you and put thought before making any big decision. Most of all, remember to love yourself. Just because you have a baby doesn't mean your life needs to be put on hold or the world is ending. It doesn't mean that you messed up your life and you failed. No, you just need to adjust and work on doing your best. Don't survive during this time. Own it. Thrive through it. Take charge and pride of your motherhood because in the end, it really ends up being a magical superpower of yours for the rest of your life. Nurture your baby with love because they will be your companion forever. Open your eyes and realize that this is a new life for you to make the best out of. So do it. We are women. Women are extraordinary. Giving the ability to have birth or give birth <laughs> Just having that ability is huge. That's such a responsibility of ours. And no matter if you're 15, no matter if you're 30, no matter if you're 40, we are all able and equipped to do it. So don't be afraid. Believe in yourself. Believe in human nature. Believe in love, believe in a higher power, but overall just believe that what's happening to you is what was always meant to happen to you. Take it as a gift and enjoy it, embrace it. 
you're going to see how much brighter your days will be, how much more you can thrive, and it'll be the best thing that has ever happened to your life. Enjoy. Experience is the best teacher, yet it could leave you with everlasting scars to always remember. Life with a silver spoon is awesome, but in my situation, I was not even privileged to have a bronze spoon to start my life. My life was out of control. I was the Lord, the Alpha and Omega of my own decisions. So I ended up making the wrong decisions that turned me into a mother when I was a teenager. I was just 16. 15 when I got pregnant. Though I was meant to learn from my experience, yet I repeated the same mistake at the age of 18. With the responsibility of taking care of my children in the early age of my life, schooling became a nightmare. I later made it out of high school, but the end, which I have always wanted, became the beginning of a new life for me. I had to do multiple unbelievable jobs to earn a living for myself and give my children a good life. With the trauma of a situation I have found myself miserable became an understatement for describing me. I became promiscuous due to confusion and lack of direction. Partying and drinking became my only comfort until I met a guy whom I believed I was going to be with forever and be my messiah to my dying world. I moved from a lady that derives from joy and drinking to a lady suffering from abuse on a large scale in the hands of a man who I thought would be my savior. Without any respect for me, he abused me in the presence of my children. The situation became worse when I got evicted from my house with my children due to inability to pay my rent. I even lost my car. I remember vividly walking outdoors to take my son to school on a very, very cold morning. And I'm looking out in the parking lot to see maybe if I parked in another parking space other than my usual. No car was there. I remember dialing 911 to see maybe if someone had stolen it. And they gave me the news that a local tow truck company had came and taken my car. Despite the situation of things in my life, a positive change came when I decided to surrender and give my life to Christ. I couldn't take it anymore. I often think back and kick myself for making that be my last resort. The good thing is I know now to never make that my last choice. My life miraculously turned around when I got married to my longtime friend. And my family became a happy family. The family that I always wished for. The family that I could never dream of. However, the effect of the abuse I suffered in the presence of my son resulted in post-traumatic stress and ADHD. But God took control by answering my prayers and the prayers of my family over him. I moved from a homeless mother of two children to an assistant vice president at one of the nation's leading financial institutions. I'm also an author, speaker, 
actress, spokeswoman, and women's empowerment life coach. Whatever is not working is because you have not invited God into it. Give him a chance today like I did, and your life will never remain the same. Psalms 46.5 states, God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her in the break of day. The Lord has definitely kept his word in my life. I can say the biggest thing that I've learned about myself from sharing my story is that I'm not much different from anybody else. We all have a story. I like to think of my story as a book. We all are equipped with a book, a story. And you may be on the page today with a problem, but the next chapter could possibly hold your solution. My situation may be different from yours, as the dialogue in each of our books may be different. Different lessons, different experiences, different characters, but we all have a story. And my story is what I'm equipped with. And we all have a story, one we can all learn from. My biggest dream is to be able to live in peace. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, but to live totally in peace, knowing and trusting that God has the power and God will take care of all of my cares, the desires of my heart, and be able to give that same hope and provide others with the direction so they can also live in peace and harmony within themselves. Thank you. This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit SeekTheJoyPodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month. And make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening.